The Uriguaze podcast channel is brought to you by First Nations Fiber. Welcome to the Uriguaze front page podcast. In today's episode, we talk to Kerry Goodleaf, Paul Rice, and Greg Horn about a new nonprofit organization called Club 24. Have you ever been gaming or working online classes and your internet service constantly gets interrupted? First Nations Fiber is about to ensure that just won't happen again. Get ready for high speed at a new level. Click on fnfiber.com and sign up today. First Nations Fiber, empowering people through connectivity. Hey everyone, my name is Jordan Standup. I am the assistant editor here at Kiriwaze and today I have a packed studio of special guests. Today I'm joined by Kerry Goodleaf. Paul Rice and Greg Horn of Club 24. So welcome to the studio, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. So Club 24 has uh, been in the headlines a little bit as of late, but uh, I'd like to take it back to the start. If we could talk about how the club actually got together and the significance behind the number uh, 24. A year and a half ago or so, Carrie called me up and said, hey, I have this idea about creating a nonprofit organization and I'd like for you to be a part of it. And I said, all right, let's let's talk. And then he had suggested that, you know, maybe maybe getting Paul involved. So I had a meeting with Paul and, and got the whole idea rolling about about everything behind it. And the idea is was to create a nonprofit organization for the community that would eventually become a, a registered charity. And that would give back to community members who are excelling both in school and in sports and, and as a way to offer mentorships to them and, and scholarships and all these different things. So it was really like a very wide idea. And then we, we start sitting down and, and looking at, okay, how can we do different things? And, uh, you know, it, it, it kind of snowballed from there. For sure. And it's kind of exactly the way Greg went about it. And the way I approached Paul is we were, we were again back to uh, members at Kanawaki and it was one of our first or second games playing against each other and uh, I ran it by Paul and at that time he was, uh, you know, in a transition uh, at work and he had mentioned that there may become an opportunity where he maybe have a lot more time available for the project. So yeah, once he had mentioned that, he went off and made a pretty good birdie uh, par pot, sorry, <laughs> on nine and uh, kind of got my confidence uh, built in with him and because I mean, uh, par number nine at Kanawaki is not no easy task. So before... You know, I know Greg for you know, 10 years, outside 10 years, and uh, Paul not so long before the first two, three games that we had together. So, again, this is a very new uh, working relationship that uh, is obviously taken off and, uh, you know, getting supporting yourself with some solid people is, uh, is half the battle. And fortunately, I have uh, really good people in my corner and I you know, can't, can't ask for another, uh, a better, uh, better uh, recipe for it. So, Kerry, was this something that you kind of had simmering in the back of your head for quite a while before you decided to uh, maybe reach out to Greg and Paul about the idea? I mean, we uh, we, we created a uh, an indoor lacrosse facility, and um, it was kind of like a COVID project and, you know, couldn't do much during COVID. So I had a, I had a warehouse that was uh, vacant or not not active at that point. So I, uh, I went on a marketplace and kind of got myself into a bit of an expensive project. But I mean, uh, it, it has to start somewhere. And again, COVID was um, a lot of time to uh, sit back and uh, kind of see where the future goes, right? Uh, this is one of pro- one of many projects that are coming probably out of COVID and, you know, trying to see it in, in, in hindsight where, where this could be in five, 10 years or even just one year. We I, I would never expect it to be at this point at this point. It's a, it's a really uh, an accomplishment, and again, having the the support cast is, uh, is a really big, uh, really big uh, hurdle to, to to acquire. 
And for me, it's uh, it was it was it's a positive project. So a lot of people are really interested in being involved. And fortunately, we've got the, the again support cast that goes along with being something that uh, I want at the biggest level. So what are some of the projects that have already been undertaken or started by uh, Club 24 at this point? As Kerry mentioned, there's the uh, indoor lacrosse facility. It's by no means anything fancy. It's very utilitarian and there's maybe a quarter of a rink in there uh, with some nets. And, you know, there's a lot of things that are happening in there. You know, I think we had KSS wrestling team in there. Leonardo McCumber had his uh, sword fighting group doing some training in there at, at one point. So there's all these different things that are that are there. We had tried to host a goalie lacrosse camp last year, but we just didn't have, it was almost a last minute thing. Uh, we didn't we really get a get the chance to get it really off the ground. And then, you know, a few different things like that. We've, we've helped uh, a couple of different athletes and teams go different places across Canada. And we've also just recently hosted a golf camp in association with First Tee Quebec. Yep. First Tee in Golf Canada. And that was uh, held at uh, various golf courses in, in the community. That was something that Paul and Kerry had been working on for a couple months, I think. Yeah. yeah we'd, um, we'd met Jeremy from Golf Canada, I want to say uh, sometime in July, around then. And similar to how Club 24 started, it was just, well, we're looking to do the First Tee. They were having some difficulties in Quebec. I know that the first T's priorities and what they're trying to accomplish in terms of creating game changers and helping young people, not just in sport, but in life, giving them the building blocks and the basics aligned very well with what Club 24 wanted to do. And yeah, we just just started working together. One thing led to another. And, and yeah, we just finished the camp. We had three camps, supposed to have four of them, but one of them was rained out. We went to uh, Mystic Pines, Kanawaki Golf Club, and at the end they were able to do, um, you know, get out there and play some actual holes at Patton's Glen. And some of these kids had never picked up a golf club before. Some of them had. Uh, and, you know, we taught them about the game. We had some some volunteers locally, which also aligns very well with, with Club 24. We had some older golfers, you know, in their young 20s, teaching the 10 to 12 year olds. And that's really what drew me to working together on Club 24 was that that sort of vision and mission aligns very well with with what I personally be, believe in paying it forward and and helping our our young kids here in the community. And then the way that we ended up doing the first T program was that both programs had similar visions. They were looking for a, a partner to coordinate and execute it, carry out the actual program. And somehow, I guess we pulled it off, sort of just, you know, one of these random things. Uh, and that's usually where the best things happen, right? Is when you, you get together and, you know, you just talk about it. And there was a lot of effort from Carrie and myself and all the other volunteers, you know, Frankie Jr., Brett, Thunder, Cole Beaton, and especially Noah, Noah Norton. Those are the five volunteer coaches. And then we had Paxton helping us coordinate as well. And at the end, it was kind of fun. We had uh, the kids were coming in on the last hole at Patton's Glen and all the parents were there standing, watching them kind of come in. And, you know, for some of them, that's the first time that their kid has ever played, you know, on an actual golf course and come in and finish. So that was a cool thing to see. And I think that moment really epitomizes what what we're trying to accomplish with Club 24 and the first tee camp. And I think as individuals as well, right, that's that's why we're here. So, yeah, I think we're we're all very community minded and uh, we want to help bring people in our community to the next level right and get noticed whatever whether it be in academics whether it be in sports or or whatever and, and help create positive opportunities for for community members and and in order to to help affect positive change in the community and and get people to look back and say our community helped me get here and club 24 did this and did that for me and and in the future get them to to have that same mentality about giving back to the community and 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 helping other people get get to where they need to be and and specifically 
specific to the golf camp, which was very successful, I was just wondering what kind of comments you guys might have heard from the uh, parents and participants themselves. Yeah, we had a lot of really positive feedback. Most of it was, can you do more of it? It was, you know, really great. And, you know, what is what is kind of the future? What's going to happen in the future? So this year, we it was a bit of a test case. None of us had really ever done this before. I was given the, the coordinator training by the first tee. It's like a couple of days of professional kind of training. And we were lucky we had the, you know, Brett and Frankie Jr. Those are real golfers, right? So it worked out very well. And we wanted to make sure we could do it and kind of test it out. And we want to scale it and do more in the spring next year. So that, that was one of the feedback was, well, can we do more age groups? You know, there's a lot of demand. So we're going to have to kind of sort that out. The courses and the stuff that we did was really, really interesting to the participants and to the parents. It was a mix of like your classic, like go out on the range and hit some balls. And at some point we were playing like, it's called Battleship and you set up two teams and you try to chip the ball into specific points on the green, which makes it fun for the kids, right? So it was, it was engaging, that kind of thing. We are going to try to get out information out sooner. That was another thing. Again, trying to do a test case, uh, we didn't want to over-publicize it and get 100 people that were interested knowing that this was our first time and we just wanted to like try to get one group through. And that's the same reason why we had four different days, right? If it rained or, or stuff like that. So a lot of the feedback was more like how we could improve upon it, but that it was well-received. Found that the kids learned a lot. We had some kids that weren't able to hit the ball at first and then they were hitting driver and irons afterwards. You know, they were learning things about distance control. They were learning how to hold the club so that that's not really feedback that we received. But anybody who watched from start to the end, you could see the improvement in the kids themselves. And then um, another interesting point of feedback was in the program, you kind of teach them a few things like we were learning a lot about feedback and collaboration. You know, if you're not sure or you're, you know, ask a question and try to learn from that and learn from the other people around you, because golf is a lot about feedback. You hit the shot. It's a good shot. It's a bad shot. How can you make it better? What do you do? You learn from that. And the kids were doing that, right? And sometimes it's tough. Like kids won't ask, you know, if they're, they're not, you know, some, some, some are naturally curious. They don't stop asking questions, but those are not the ones that we're looking to help, right? We, you want to help the ones that maybe are not, you know, they're not so outgoing. They're not going to ask a question because that's, that's kind of what we want to improve upon, right? We want to nurture the natural curiosity of, of kids and have them trying new things. And that was kind of one point. And kids were you could see it. They came the first day, they were very quiet. By the time the last day came around, they were helping each other. And, oh, this is how you should hold the club and stuff like that. And the other one was, you know, learning, learning through our challenges. So a lot of the kids were very nervous and apprehensive at the beginning. Uh, understandably so. Never swung a club, never did anything like that. But by the end, they were, you know, the things that we showed them, they were learning in real time. So it's not necessarily, they didn't come up and tell us like, oh, wow, I learned so much. You know what I mean? But you can see it. Right. And sometimes that's that's like the best feedback that you can get is you don't need to be told because it's it's very clear. And just by that, that three camps that we held, I think that's enough momentum for us to scale it and to offer something in the spring for sure. What that looks like, I'm not sure, but but it's definitely something that's in demand. And the key thing was we just did 10 kids this year. If we just did one camp like that for the next 10 years, that would be 100 new golfers in the community. And that's if we just did one camp a year. And that's really what a lot of people were saying was, well, if you do it like that, there'll be more people that pick up golf. And we're kind of at a point where there's less people playing golf. And that's one thing we heard a lot about was this is really good to get kids back into golf because it's good for them personally. It's good for them athletically. It's good for them mentally, et cetera. So I think that was, that was a lot of the feedback we got 
uh, specifically on the courses? We were actually at the camps and talking with you uh, just last week, Kerry, you were talking about how these camps aren't going to be limited to just uh, one or two sports because you made a, a very good point by saying Ganawage doesn't just have lacrosse and hockey players. So it's, it's very important to uh, branch out into other sports that our future generations are interested in. No, it's, it's definitely something we got to, we got to, I guess, present to, to the younger generation. There's uh, many options, right? I mean, uh, for instance, uh, Onaga just had their 50th anniversary, and I mean, growing up, I was a, I was a young Onaga, young Onaga paddler, and you know, kind of start picking up a lacrosse stick, and then hockey, and then you know, life gets busy. But you know, trying to try to dedicate something to a specific sport, and 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 you know, trying to get again mentors to to guide you through those sports, and finding those people who kind of walk those walk walk the walk in each each avenue. To try to get them on board with us because uh, we're we're a bit of the coordinators and we kind of see the vision, but we gotta again support staff, right? And 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 getting people that have university experience and who had you know, the, the struggles and and go one on one and have maybe sessions to go to high school and talk to these children before you know to get a better idea on where where their their future could end up because when you're in grade eight, grade nine, grade ten, kind of don't really don't know what you want, but if you know somebody that you could relate to maybe a friend of a friend, a relative or whatever, but kind of getting those people back into uh, the, the classrooms to, to go one-on-one, -on -one, talk, talk to, talk to the whole group, uh, whole grades. Cause uh, sometimes that uh, just that little motivation or having that uh, experience sharing really goes a long ways. And, and it's great to have all these ideas for these projects, but you know, everybody can understand that you do need money to accomplish these things. And there are some fundraising efforts that are happening. So is, uh, Greg, are you able to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, for sure. Of course, all these things, you know, they, they cost money. Uh, it gets expensive. You know, if we want to host camps and, you know, there's rental fees and, you know, if we're giving scholarships or bursaries or helping in, in training and stuff like that, there, there's costs associated with all of this. So one of the things that we're, we're looking at is we're in the middle of a fundraising drive through a high stakes raffle. You know, it, it's licensed by the Ganawa Game Commission. Uh, we have, we're selling uh, 1,000 tickets at $100 a pop, and we're giving out $50,000 in prizes if it's a complete sellout. If it's not a complete sellout, then it's it's basically 50-50. Club 24 gets 50%. Uh, the winner of first place gets 25%. If it's a sellout, that's $25,000. 15% or if it's a sellout, $15,000 and 10%. And if it's a complete sellout, that's $10,000. So it's not an unsubstantial amount of money that, that could be won. The draw is scheduled for mid-November. And, you know, it's just one of those things that we, we want to help raise money and awareness for, for Club 24. And then in the future, the funds that we generate through this high stakes raffle will help local athletes in other ways. And, you know, it's, it, it's something that's like uh, that we're looking at as a uh, as a launch pad to, to greater things. As a part of the whole process uh, that we're creating the Club 24, we're a registered nonprofit organization. We're going through the process to become uh, an official charity that we can target larger groups of, of like larger companies outside of the community and be able to issue tax receipts and stuff like that. So those types of donations could, could come in really handy and perhaps in the future we won't need to do, you know, high stakes raffles uh, in order to, to raise the funds that we're, we need to operate. And I understand that the, the golf camp literally just ended, and I'm sure you guys are just still catching your breath from that a little bit, as in addition to all of the, uh, the fundraising efforts. But is there another project on the radar that could maybe be teased at this point? We meet every two weeks and we're trying to, to set up a calendar of, of different 
types of camps that we're going to have throughout the next year. Of course, golf is is, is one of those that we, we have planned for next spring. But, you know, we're also looking at, okay, well, you know, there's lacrosse season, season that just ended and, and maybe looking at off-season camps or, 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 or things like that to help get the kids keep their skills up throughout the winter. And because that's one of the biggest challenges, right? With a sport like lacrosse, you know, we have a lot of talented hockey players here. And, uh, you know, maybe there's there's some some things like that that we can, we, we can also look into. And there's, I think we have a lot of big plans and we got to, you know, scale, scale them down and, and, and to something that's realistic and we'll be putting out a, you know whenever we have uh, something new to announce we'll we'll definitely be putting it out there and Kerry I was hoping maybe you could shine a little bit more light on the on the name and the reason for the club 24 the significance behind the name and the number yeah, I mean, uh, Club 24 is uh, obviously, uh, I was, again, during COVID and coming up with naming my um, my facility over at the lacrosse club. And uh, Coach Coach Cree and I were, you know, spending a lot of time there throughout the pandemic. And Coach is uh, the, junior, uh, the junior hunters head coach and is also the president of the Minor Lacrosse Association. So, you know, his uh, his roots to the community are really uh, with the community now. I and mean, he's been around the game for a long time and bouncing uh bouncing ideas off of him you know it's uh we're talking to one of the top people around the, the game so uh sharing some some good ideas with him and uh rolling off and is kind of kind of give tribute back to my brother at some at some uh point and he using his name and using his number it was 24 was uh was kind of the kind of something that was bouncing around like of uh, his identity so Club Twenty Four seemed really uh, seemed really natural to kind of have the uh, the lacrosse facility named that, you know, because uh, around Ganawagi I have different locations where I'll go let's go to Club Twenty Four, right? It was a, it was a, had an identity. So with Club Twenty Four kind of started like, well, what could we really do with this? I mean, we're gonna rent it out, and then when people start seeing some different posts on the internet, they they also want to come and rent it. They also want to they want to come live it and be a part of it. So. It just kind of like we're standing there like, oh, hey, what's what's going on? We're standing there scratching our heads, thinking to ourselves like, what can we really do with this? And how far can we really take it? If, if we, Obviously, if we had per- personal interest with it, then I mean, there's got to be somewhere we could bring this and get it to a, the biggest levels possible. And then that's when, you know, hey, how do we how do we go about starting this? Like, how would we register it? How would we, you know, find out if we could rent it? Or, you know, we had a lot of questions and kind of led up to uh, where we are today and you know, I kind of letting my brother's legacy live on, and unfortunately, he's no longer with us. And a lot of people who didn't have the opportunity to know him, get to know him, or at least get into understand what kind of athlete and kind of passion he had for just whatever sport he played. Now, if community members would like to be involved with Club Twenty Four, would like to get more information, where should they go? We have a Facebook page, it's Club Twenty Four Athletics Foundation. Uh, we also have a website, and that is Club Twenty Four Sports And soon enough, we'll have an online store as well. We'll have some more, I guess, some hats and shirts, some of the things we had from First Tee available, and some other items like that. You can definitely get involved. Proceeds from the purchase will go towards Club Twenty Four Sports. Uh, sorry, it's Club Twenty Four Athletics Foundation is the official name of the not for profit, but the website is Club Twenty Four Sports So yeah, that's the best way to to reach out. And of course, the three of us are, are available as well. Well, we shared a lot of uh, exciting information here today. I was just wondering if any of you gentlemen had anything else you might like to add about Club 24. It's just important to, I think, understand where we're all coming from. We're here to try to, to help give back to the community and, and, and help get the community involved. And 
in various sports and it's not you know i think we had an idea of uh well you know we're going to focus on lacrosse hockey and golf but uh you know there's there's all kinds of other sports and there's all kind of other need and and those needs aren't necessarily being filled you know by by other organizations and and funding you know sources we have all these kids that are going to school in the u.s playing uh you know on scholarships or or not on scholarships in lacrosse and other various sports and and they need help and guidance and you know and i think we we want to try to to help fill that void and and you know get our athletes to the next level and you know get them the recognition that they deserve well it sounds like the future is absolutely bright for club 24 and i know you guys all have very busy schedules so i'd like to thank each of you for coming into the studio today to chat with me thanks a lot jordan for having us yeah, go. thanks for listening to the yardi was a front page podcast be sure to check out our other podcasts like Yuri Wizay Profiles, Meatheads, and The Beating Table on Google and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. The views and opinions of the guests expressed in this podcast do not reflect those of Yuri Wizay and its employees.